Long before peace, Islam stands for justice. And the reason for that is because peace is an outcome. Peace is a result. Peace is not a cause. Peace does not happen by itself. Peace is the result of justice. When justice is established, you will have peace. If justice is not established, you can never have peace. And those people who disturb the peace in order to establish justice, these people are actually people that society should be grateful for. They should be grateful to them because if it was not for their effort, peace would never happen and justice would never be established and oppression would rule the land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore in the Quran, and this ayat is very unique in the way it is addressed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran in ayat 135 in Surah An-Nisa. أَن تَعْدِلُوا وَإِن تَلْوُوا أَوْ تُغْرِضُوا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O you who believe, stand out firmly for justice. Stand out firmly for justice as witnesses to Allah, even though it is, even though it may be against yourself. Stand out for justice as witnesses to Allah, meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witness to your standing, even though it be against yourself. Meaning what? Meaning that if you have done something wrong, admit it and say, I am wrong. I was wrong, I am wrong and I am correcting myself. That is standing for justice against yourself. And I have said this ayat is unique because to the best of my knowledge, Nowhere else has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed uh, this issue so strongly and so clearly to say stand out for justice even against yourself. What is beyond that? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, or your parents stand out for justice against your parents. Now you know and I know how many times in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says be kind to the parents, be good to the parents, uh, you know lower the wing of uh, submission to them, kindness to them. Uh, and so on and so on, right? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانَ بِرَّ الْوَالِدَيْنِ All of these are very strong, uh, you know, uh, principles that are established in the Quran. But in this particular case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that despite all of this, if the parents are unjust, if the father or the mother has done something which is unjust, don't support it. Speak to them. Stand out against them. Don't support, don't support that. Speak to them. If they don't listen, go to the authority which can enforce justice 
and bear witness against your parents for the sake of justice. And please notice here, Allah is not saying for the sake of Tawheed or for the sake of elimination, elimination of Shirk and so on. All of this is understood because Tawheed is the number one and the most uh, heinous way of injustice because it is injustice against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Right? So, but Allah is not mentioning, Allah is saying against injustice of any kind, whatever be the kind. Right? Uh, and I'll come to, in a minute, I'll come to what kind of injustices happen very commonly in our families and in our homes and our society to the extent that they have become almost the norm. And that's the reason why the uh, punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the trials and tribulations on our heads, these are because of injustice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always punishes people who are unjust. Allah does not always punish people who are committing shirk because that is between him and Allah and the, and the slave. But people who are unjust to others, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always punishes them. And that is I, that my belief and my opinion is, this is what is happening to the Muslims today. Why are these things happening? Because we are very unjust people. We have become hugely unjust. We used to be known for our justice. Today we are known for our injustice. So we'll come to that in a minute. But Allah is saying here that bear witness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though it be against yourselves, or against your parents, or against your kin, or against any of your relatives. Bear witness against your brothers, against your sisters, against your wives, husbands, family, cousins, grandparents, whoever it might be in your family. If they are unjust, stand up and bear witness against them. Stand up and stop that injustice. Be he rich or poor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put, uh, he is touching the raw nerve. Be he rich or poor, because we are very strong and very, you know, powerful in uh, talking about justice. Uh, when it comes to people who are poor or who are weak and so on and so forth, uh, we are very strong. But when it comes to speaking up uh, in for the sake of justice against people who are powerful in society, uh, people who have money, uh, people who have influence. Then our tongues suddenly start stuttering and, uh, you know, mouth suddenly shuts off and your throat becomes dry and, you know, heart starts fluttering and so on. Uh, all of this. Why? Because you don't want to say anything against the establishment, against anything who, anyone who is powerful or who is, who you see as powerful. Uh, in my, my sheikh used to say, you cannot even control the, the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the feces in your belly. What kind of power have you got? Uh, seriously, you should think about that. And if you say, if, if you, if you, if you need to go, as they say, you know, when you got to go, you got to go because it's, <laughs> so, uh, what power? But this is how we tend to see. That seems, oh, very big man, sir. How can you say? Allah is very big. At this time, they can't say So, seriously, think about that and say, Allah is saying, stand up against injustice, even against your own self or your parents or your kin, be he rich or poor. Allah is a better protector to you both than yourselves. Speak out for justice. Don't worry about what people will say or do. Allah will protect you. Allah said Allah will protect you from the people. Provided you stand for justice. So do not follow the lust of your heart. Lest you may avoid justice. You don't do what pleases you. Sometimes it is very difficult to speak for justice. Because it comes against yourself. Right? But do that. Don't, because Allah is saying, do that, doesn't matter, if, even if you 
end up looking bad in the process because you are now speaking up against something which you may have been practicing yourself. It is better to straighten that here than to live with that on the day of judgment. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and if you do not do this, if you distort your witness or you refuse to give witness, two, two situations. One is that you are telling lies. Something happened and you don't want to open your, your you, you, you are telling lies. The other one is you will not bear witness. You don't want to say, no, no, I will not say anything. In both cases, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Allah is ever well acquainted with what you do. So Allah is saying in both these cases, whether you choose to give witness uh, or you choose uh, to withhold it altogether or to distort it, Allah says that, Allah is warning us and saying that remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you are doing. I am saying this because today, I am not talking here about injustice that is done by governments and by kings and queens. You know that is blatant, it is done, we are living in a society which is cancerous because we have, uh, there is, seems to be no, in, no justice anywhere, including in courts of law. I mean, some of the biggest injustices are done by the uh, great so-called justice so-and-so and justice so-and-so. They have the titles of, uh, the judges are called justice so-and-so. Uh, but those judges are the ones who are perpetrating injustice. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about injustice that is happening in our own homes. For example, the injustice that happens with between husband and wife. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Ar-Rijalu Qawwamuna ala Nisa. Again in Surah Al-Nisa, Allah said that the men have been given authority over the women. Allah said because of what they spend on them. Right? Because of what they spend on them. Allah did not say because uh, the men have been given uh, authority over the women because uh, they have beards. Or because they wear trousers. Allah is not, Allah is not talking about, uh, you know, uh, gender superiority. There is no gender superiority in Islam. Please understand this very clearly. In Islam, both genders are equal. There is no gender superiority in Islam. There is no superiority of the man over the woman because he is a man. This is, a, this is patriarchal uh, injustice which is there in, in society. Islam does not promote that. In Islam, a man and a woman are completely and totally equal. A man, however, in the household is given authority over the woman uh, because in any system there has to be someone in control, someone in authority. Why? Because there has to be someone who can be held accountable. If you do not give authority to one person, then you are in a, in, in a peculiar situation because then who do you hold responsible? The, the, the bug doesn't stop anywhere. You know, everyone will say, no, no, it's not my fault, not my fault, not my fault. Whose fault is it? Uh, the fault of the cat or the parrot? So, obviously, one person has to be made responsible. Who is that one person? The man of the house. This person is responsible and the man of the house. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His wisdom, Allah could have made the woman an-nisa'u uh, qawamuna uh, ala rijal. Allah could have said this. Allah did not say that. He said ar-rijal qawamuna ala nisa. Allah could have made the woman, uh, you know, in control. Allah did not do that. Allah said, the man has superiority over the woman. How and why? Allah said, Fadalna uh, Allah said we have given some abilities uh, to the men which we, have, which we have not given to the women which refers to you know greater physical strength and this and that. However, the point is Allah said and because they spend on the women. So now what does it mean? If you don't spend on the women, for example, one of the primary injustices that is done is from the husbands to the wives. 
men do not give spending money and understand this in islam spending money does not refer to money that is given to the woman to run the house that is not spending money to buy vegetables is not spending money that is you have to do that if you don't do that you have no food on the table right the the, the wife happens to uh, take care of that part of uh, your household life that again is not deputed by islam islam does not say the woman has to be in the kitchen no she happens to do that maybe maybe it is your culture or whatever so if you say why well, i am giving this money to her and she buys groceries that is not spending money spending money is for her personal self whatever she wants to spend it on over and above in addition to whatever it takes to run the house so all your grocery money all the servant salaries and whatever else this is not spending money allah said the superiority is given on condition that the man spends on the woman the man must give spending money to his wife how much spending money to give in another place allah subhanahu wa taala said in keeping with your status yeah so you can't have uh, you can't be wealthy and you are uh, you know driving a fancy car and so on and you say well you say i'm giving my i'm giving spending money to my wife how many well you know 10 rupees yeah 20 cents per month i'm giving it doesn't work like that sorry it has to be in keeping with your status first injustice second injustice that is done is parents to children a man came to rasulullah sallam and he said ya rasul he brought his son along with him he said ya rasulullah this boy i love more than every all my children so i want to give all my wealth to this boy he said i have given he said i have given uh, my wealth and he had some gardens and so on property in madina so he said i have given all my wealth to this boy rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said do you have other children don't remember he did not say do you have other sons do you have other children right sons and daughters the man said yes rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said take it back from this man and divide it equally among all of them so now this is one other big injustice that is done by parents who favor one child over the other allah subhanahu wa taala showed us in the quran in surah al-yusuf what is the entire story of surah of of surah al-yusuf what is the foundation of that where did where did all this start from because yaqub alayhi salam favored yusuf alayhi salam over the other children now i am not criticizing nabi i am saying allah subhanahu wa taala showed us this example to draw attention to the fact that no matter what your intention if you are favoring one child over another child the first thing you do is create enmity between them and this is highly undesirable in islam this is not desirable at all so number 2 how to divide if you are giving gifts right if you are giving gifts including your property and whatever else how must you divide that in your own lifetime when you are alive obviously you can't do it after you are dead so you know when you are alive how how must you do it equally among all children male or female this is the this is the ruling of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now people confuse this and they say in islam after a person dies inheritance a man a boy gets the son gets uh, a certain amount and the daughter gets half the amount so therefore now when i'm dividing my property i'm doing that please understand if you are doing that you are doing something which is prohibited and haram it is this is for inheritance which comes into force after you have died 
on that property which is left behind which has not been assigned or given to anybody that property must be divided in this way which is the male gets two parts the woman gets one part and there is a whole logic behind that i am not going into that now i am talking about injustice that is done obviously in your own lifetime so you as the father uh, you as the mother you decide that i am going to give all my property to one son uh, or all my jewelry to one daughter sorry you are committing haram you have done injustice for which you will be accountable to allah subhanahu wa taala on the day of judgment because you went against the ruling of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam if you have done this and you are listening to this uh, fajr reminder go and undo it now do not die with this thing on your on your record believe me you don't want to go before allah subhanahu wa taala with this injustice because allah will not forgive you until those people forgive you on whom you have committed this injustice and they will not forgive you on the day of judgment believe me nobody is forgiving anybody on the day of judgment property gifts must be given equally to all children male or female specifically on the subject of property rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if a person swallows the property of somebody else meaning if he swallows somebody's land if he if he misappropriate somebody's land or building or 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 business or whatever the case might be he said if somebody misappropriates the property of another person and dies with that then on the in in his cover nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said a, a an angel will be appointed who will take a an iron hammer and hit him so hard on his head that he will go down into the earth seven fathoms and then he will come up again and he will be hit again on the head and this azab will continue until the day of judgment when he is resurrected and then he is punished on the day of judgment this is specific to the swallowing of property yeah, that's why i sometimes say that uh, in other places people eat chocolates uh, but in our society people eat uh, mud and bricks and stones because they are very good at swallowing properties i know cases where they the they have uh, one uh, there are two set set of inheritors uh, the more powerful ones have completely uh, misappropriated the share of the people who are poorer and less powerful and those people they are so poor they can't they have no voice these people who are powerful they have occupied their property and they are enjoying their property and they do not give the share to their brothers and to their family members who have a share in that property now imagine on the day of judgment what is going to happen to you imagine if you die in that state what's going to happen to you in your cover fear allah subhanahu wa taala do not be misled by all of these things in this life because otherwise you're going to pay a price where you will shed tears of blood make no mistake third injustice that is done in our society especially in the subcontinent indian subcontinent wallah alam in other places but definitely here which is the injustice the brothers do to the sisters which again refers to property after the parents have passed away the brothers not only do not give the sisters the uh, amount that is due to them that is half of whatever they were supposed to get which is uh, according to the sharia they don't give them anything at all and the excuse they make is they say no no our father spent so much money on your wedding so now this is a culmination of two haram things first of all you are not supposed to spend money on the wedding of your daughter 
any that is why this whole business of we are giving money to assist girls to get married you are perpetuating a haram uh, custom you are perpetuating a haram custom by giving money for girls to get married girls are not supposed to need money to get married the boy is supposed to bring the money give to the girl as a gift which is mahar and then make the nikah and take her home the girl is not supposed to spend and the girl's father and mother are not supposed to spend a single cent a single paisa so now first of all you did that or your father did that in his lifetime and now when the father dies the brother say no no you have no share because money was spent on your wedding so perpetuating of two injustices right my submission to you is this that if you have done this undo it if you have not given the share to your sisters give it now if the sister is dead give it to the sister's children because it is due to them if you die with this then you are in serious trouble if you are a father or a mother who has given all the property to one one child take it back distribute it equally among among others if you are the recipient of such a property and your parents have died do your parents a favor and distribute what your father gave you amongst all the inheritors of that property among the brothers and sisters if you don't do that your father is going getting azab in his qabr make i am making no bones about this i am telling you this in so many words your father is getting azab in his qabr and you are responsible because you took that property from your father don't say bhai kya karu baad diye baad diye galat kare undo it don't say what can i do my father gave no 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 what you can do is the greatest favor to your father stop the azab in his qabr distribute that property the way it was supposed to be distributed according to the sharia of islam give the due to the brothers and the sisters and whoever else is there if your mother is there she is entitled uh, whoever else is there if the if the brothers or sisters somebody has died their children are entitled all of this sit down with a mufti do the division and do it now don't let your father suffer azab in the qabr maybe he did that without knowledge but that doesn't count lack of knowledge is not a defense in law you are supposed to find out and second thing is if you die with this on your head then may allah help you because you are going into the same place undo it now three major injustices that happen in our society and allah subhanahu wa taala is saying stand as a witness even against yourself and against your parents and against your brothers and sisters in your kin and family and fear allah subhanahu wa taala in this matter i advise you my brothers and sisters let us do that let us stop perpetuating injustice final thing is the kind of injustice we do on the people we employ especially in the house people we employ in the shops and in the factories and so on and so forth they come under various labor laws and so on and so forth so they have got some protection but people who employ in the house we have no working hours we if we ill treat them you know and i know i know people who curse their servants routinely they will not talk to the servant with izzat which is the due of the man you have brought up your children badly because your young children speak to a 50 year old 60 year old man as if they are speaking to somebody who is you know way below their status they do not even speak to them respectfully 
and that is the upbringing of your children remember the same child will say that to you one day when you are when you are old and weak we ill treat the servants i know people who sometimes allah alam i have heard i have heard and i have known people where people beat their servants please understand this rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was going somewhere he saw a man who was uh, beating his slave rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the fire of jahannam on you man said ya rasul i have i have released this slave i have freed him he said fear the fire of jahannam he said ya rasul i have freed the slave hmm umar bin al-khattab radhiyallahu anhu was the khalifa he went to makkah the governor of makkah invited him for a meal sayyidina umar accept accepted radhiyallahu anhu he is sitting there now the servants bring the food and they put the food on the uh, you know on the sufra and they are about to leave sayyidina umar said where are they going the governor said yeah, so they have served the food they are going he said no 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 he said tell them to sit here and eat with us call them back the khalifa said yeah, so they will eat the same food sayyidina umar radhiyallahu said no Uh, not yaar sorry ya 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 amir mu'minin the the khalifa said ya amir mu'minin they will eat the same food sayyidina umar said no they will eat the same food and they will eat with us here because rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the person has slogged over this thing he has he has worked hard he has uh, stood before a fire he has cooked all this food let him eat the same food let him take from the same food and eat When the governor looked a little reluctant, said Rama Rajalana, said, "I will not eat unless those servants sit here and eat with us." Eh? This is the justice of Islam, and that is the reason why Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala supported the Muslims. Today we have become unjust people. I am not even talking about injustice to anybody else. I am talking about in our own families, to our own brothers and sisters, to our own parents, to our own children, to our own wives and husbands. We are unjust, and that is why we are attracting the punishment of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I remind myself, and I remind you, and I remind everyone who is listening to this, and I warn you in the name of Allah: change your ways, otherwise wait for the punishment of Allah. there are two things that i want to remind myself and you firstly the purpose of any system of justice whatever it might be here we are talking about the system of justice of islam which is divine in nature which is prescribed by allah subhanahu wa taala but irrespective of that any system of justice is there or is established for one purpose only and that purpose is for the benefit of all those who come within the purview of that <coughs> any system of justice if there is a system which gives rights and privileges to one and not to the other then it is not a system of justice it is a system of oppression for example you had and please notice i'm not using the term law because laws are made and remade and unmade to suit whoever is in power i'm saying justice for example in medieval times uh, in monarchies even to this day there are certain people who by uh, an accident of birth are uh, they come in a certain part of society certain sector sector of society which is called the nobility and they have powers and they have privileges which are far over and above those given to ordinary people 
This is not a system of justice, it's a system of oppression. Islam came to wipe out all of this. Islam brought a system of justice which places equal responsibility on everyone to the extent Islam did not even give special privileges to Rasulullah himself. The finest example of that is where there was a case that was brought to the Prophet uh, about a woman of the Quraysh. She came from one of the powerful families of Quraysh and she was accused of theft. And after due process in law, this uh, the, 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 her uh, crime was established and she was sentenced uh, or she was to be sentenced according to the system of Islam, which was uh, the amputation of one hand. Now, people uh, were very conscious of who she was and which kind of, which family she came from and so on. So, they went to Usama bin Zaid anhu, who was in a manner of speaking a grandson of Rasulullah and I am saying in a manner of speaking because he was not actually a grandson. But his father Zaid bin Haritha had been adopted by Nabi and until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the ayat which abolished uh, and uh, denied any adoption. There is no adoption in Islam. Until then, Zaid bin Haritha radiallahu used to be called Zaid bin Muhammad uh, and that was the name given by Rasulullah himself. And therefore, Usam bin Zaid was like a grandson of Rasulullah He was very close to Nabi Wasallam. He was born in the house of Rasulullah He was one of the favorites of Nabi Wasallam. So, they went to him and they said, please recommend to the Prophet that he must uh, relax the punishment for this lady. He must give her some lighter sentence uh, because of who she is. Zaid bin Haz Haritha said, I went to the Prophet and I mentioned this to him and his blessed face became red with anger. And he came out of his house and he ascended the member and he said, that if this Fatima, that lady's name was Fatima, he said, if this Fatima was my Fatima, meaning my own daughter, I would have given her the same punishment because this is the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which I have no power to change. Uh, he got angry with Zaid bin, with, with uh, Usama bin Zaid for even recommending this. The point I'm making is that any system of justice is the system of justice if there is equality between two parties. And this is what Islam established without any doubt. And that is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may forgive any transgressions against his rights because he does not need those things in any case. So he may, he may find, we are not saying he will forgive, Allah knows what he will forgive and what. We are not making promises on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah may forgive. Uh, any transgressions against his rights, but he said Allah will not forgive transgressions against the right of a person until that person forgives that himself. And on the day of judgment, my brothers and sisters, please believe me, nobody is going to forgive anybody. People will not even recognize each other. Forget about forgiving. Today we have friendship. People there will not, the mother will not recognize her own child. The father will not recognize her own child. The brother will not recognize the brother and I am not making these statements. Allah mentioned that in the Quran. Allah said they will run from each other. Yeah? They will run from each other. The brother will run from the brother. The friend will run from the friend. So therefore, 
on that day don't expect to get forgiveness from those you have transgressed against in this life straighten that out right now number 2 of the two duas which are accepted by allah subhanahu wa taala which reach allah subhanahu wa taala unhindered one is the dua of the parent for the child and the second one is the dua of the oppressed against the oppressor the dua of the oppressed against the oppressor and when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam made this statement he did not say muslim oppressed against a non muslim oppressor he said oppressed the dua of the oppressed against his or her oppressor is accepted by allah and reaches the throne of allah subhanahu wa taala without any hindrance nobody stops it and it can it always reaches allah subhanahu wa taala and allah subhanahu wa taala answers this dua so therefore what do we understand we understand that even if the oppressed is a non muslim and he makes dua obviously is not making dua to allah subhanahu wa taala he is calling whichever god he calls but since there is only one allah subhanahu wa taala the dua reaches allah subhanahu wa taala and allah subhanahu wa taala will answer the dua of the non muslim oppressed against his or her muslim oppressor to so please understand being muslim does not confer any privilege of oppression on you being muslim does not give you the right to oppress anybody irrespective of who that person is now <clears throat> if this is the state with regard to even non muslims what do you think is the state with regard to your own wife what is the state in regard to your own husband what is your state in regard to your parents what is the state in regard to your brothers and sisters please think about that and fear the dua of the oppressed fear the dua of the oppressed if that wife raises her hands and makes dua against her oppressing husband that oppressing husband will feel the anger of allah subhanahu wa taala believe me make no make no mistake about that if she raises her hands her rabb will answer because rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the one who has no support in this world allah is a supporter if she calls allah allah will answer that brother or that sister whose rights you have usurped if he raises his hands against you allah subhanahu wa taala will hold your throat please understand very clearly nothing on the face of this planet will save you if that person makes dua against you fear them and fear their dua and straighten them and give them what is due to them i sometimes say jokingly but that's not a funny joke it's an unfunny joke i say that normally people eat chocolates but uh, in this uh, city and in this country allah ala maybe the same thing is there in other places but definitely in our city and our country uh, people eat mud and they eat stones so somebody said how do they eat mud and stones i said because they swallow each other's lands and each other's properties in each other's buildings so what are they eating you know mud and stones zamina kha jate hamare logo dusre logo chaglana khate hamare logo zamina khate the point is that about this about usurping somebody's property and usually this happens in families it happens with inheritance there is the father has passed away there is inheritance that inheritance is meant for all the siblings it is meant for the mother if the mother is alive it's meant for whoever is entitled to that inheritance as per the laws of islam but there will be one or two uh, of the brothers usually it is the men men who have the power so therefore it will be one brother or two brothers who have more power than the others and they choose to deny inheritance 
to the other brothers and to the sisters and to the mother and so on and usually they have some excuse or the other no no you see after all you are living in my house after all i am feeding you i am taking care of you and this and that believe me none of those excuses are valid in islam as a brother you are supposed to take care of your sisters you are supposed to take care of your mother the fact that your mother is staying with you is not an ihsan on her if you did not do that you will be sitting in the fire of jahannam it is your right it is her right that she should stay in your house it is your it is her right that she should take from you without your permission <clears throat> it is the right of the parent it's you are not doing any favor to them it is the right of the wife that she should take from your wealth without asking you if you are not giving her her nafka what you are supposed to give it is her right to take it because it is her right and it is your duty to take care of the wife so this does not happen you will have one brother or, or a couple of brothers who get together and they usurp the rights of the others they do not give them their inheritance or they give them a small part of the inheritance not the entire amount which is due to them believe me fear the fire of jahannam fear the fire of jahannam allah subhanahu wa taala will punish you in this world and the next make no mistake do not make any mistake abdullah ibn masud radhiyallahu anhu the great scholar of this ummah his wife her name was zainab and she was wealthy abdullah ibn masud was very miskin he was very poor his wife was wealthy so one day his wife asked him she said i have to pay zakat i've got wealth on which i uh, owe zakat so can i give my zakat to you to the husband right because you are poor he said i don't know so she said please ask rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said i won't ask you go and ask he did not say come with me i will take you he did not say i will ask for you he said you go and ask so zainab radhiyallahu anha went to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, bilal radhiyallahu anhu opened the door she said i want to see nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam she said he asked who are you she said i am zainab he went and inside and said ya rasulullah zainab has come to see you he said who is zainab So she said, "Zainab, the wife of Abdullah ibn Masood." So Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam welcomed her. Abdullah Masood was one of the closest Sahaba to Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to the extent that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, "If you want to hear the Quran as it was revealed, listen to Abdullah ibn Masood's recitation." <coughs> Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, "If Abdullah ibn Masood says anything from me, meaning if he quotes me," right take it from him anything whatever abdullah bin masud said qala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said take it from him that's why ibn uh, imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi in his fiqh every anywhere where there is a hadith which is quoted by abdullah ibn masud and the same matter is mentioned by any other sahabi uh, imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi preferred the uh, quote and the uh, riwayat of abdullah bin masud over the other sahabi not because he did not respect the other sahabi but because this was nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's basharat and the fadail among the fadail of abdullah masud radhiyallahu is this that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam trusted him completely and totally so this was his wife she said ya rasulullah can i give my zakat to abdullah ibn masud nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that is a beautiful question if you give your zakat to your husband allah will give you two rewards he said ya rasulullah what are the two rewards he said one is the reward of giving the zakat which you would have got anyway 
and the second is of helping your husband in his in a, in, a, in a material fashion right now think about this is the husband permitted to give his zakat to his wife no why not now you might say this is this is not, I mean, you should say I mean, if all the where are all the feminists you should say this is injustice in islam huh? it's not injustice it is the duty of the husband to take care of his wife he is not doing her a favor by taking care of her he cannot give his zakat to her and say i am taking care of you no taking care of the wife is over and above and different from the zakat can the man give zakat to his to his parents he cannot give zakat to his parents it is their right that he should take care of them he can give his zakat to other people not to his parents not to his wife but the wife can give zakat to the husband why because it is not her duty to take care of the husband even if she has more wealth even if the husband is poor it is still his duty to take care of the wife the wife can earn money she can spend it on herself she need not give one cent to the husband and this is not injustice in islam it is justice this is the level given to women right that is also why in terms of justice in islam it is not permissible for husband and wife to have a joint account because if one dies if it's a joint account the other one still has all the all that money still has control of all that property the other one the the inheritors the heirs of the husband they don't get the inheritance if it is if there is a joint account between husband and wife the father dies the mother has control of all all the assets so the children are not getting inheritance islam says the children are wants to inherit from the father separately and from the mother separately it is their right therefore no joint accounts you have your account your wife has her account in any case she is entitled to her own income she is entitled to whatever gift she gets from from uh, you know whoever she uh, gets gifts from her parents and her, and her siblings and so on and so forth and she has absolute control over that property she has absolute control over that money she does not need the husband permission to use that money she does not even need to tell the husband about about how much money she has and whether she can use it or can't use it so why how how can you have a joint account you can't have in islam there no joint account wife's account separately your account separately you die children inherit from you she dies children children inherit from her no joint accounts this is the adil of islam this is the justice of islam i am not covering all the aspects of justice i don't think that is required in any case that's not part of the fajr mandate thing but i want to make this very clear to myself and to all of you and to all those who are listening to this thing to say please go and examine your affairs you know what you are doing in your life and believe me you know if you are doing right or not make no mistake today we are not living in a, a time of, uh, of lack of knowledge we are living in a time of lack of taqwa and that is the problem any law is only i said it two things one is law is established for the benefit of everybody secondly a, 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 the system of justice is for the benefit of everyone and secondly the system of justice is based on one assumption and that assumption is that you have taqwa you have iman in your heart and you believe in the meeting with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you do not have this taqwa then that system of justice will not function it is not the fault of the system of justice it is your fault because you have no taqwa but believe me you can't get away with that because one day whether you believe it or you don't believe it whether you accept it or you don't accept it you and i will meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and at that time what did allah say he will do 
فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خيرا يراه ومن يعمل مثقال ذرة شرا يراه الله said we will show you every single good you did and every single evil you did even if it was the weight of a mustard seed or weight of a, an atom so where is the escape there is no escape the only escape is in following the laws of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so as far as justice is concerned whatever you and i may have been doing till today let us take stock right now let us make tauba to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let uh, let not the sun set today without putting in place and without settling the affairs of all those we are concerned with whether it is our wives our husbands our children our brothers and sisters our relatives whoever our servants whoever it might be whoever we have authority over let us make sure that we settle their affairs before the sun sets today let us make sure that we do not transgress anybody's rights let us make sure that if we, that inheritance that we got from our parents if it is in our control give it to those to whom it is to be given do not keep that in your control because if you hold it you are holding the fire of jahannam it will burn you believe me in this world and it will continue to burn you in the akhirah forever please do not fall into this trap this is the trap of shaitan this is greed and nothing else don't fall into that trap give to people what is due to them don't hold on to what is not what does not belong to you inheritance does not belong to you your part of inheritance definitely belongs to you but somebody else's inheritance does not belong to you if you are holding it you are holding the fire of jahannam if you are swallowing it you are eating the fire of jahannam again from the quran allah subhanahu wa taala said this about the yatama allah said those who take and eat the inheritance of the yatim are eating the fire of jahannam the yatim has no power the yatim is poor the yatim has is in your control so you swallow his inheritance allah subhanahu wa taala said you have you are eating the fire of jahannam believe me i am not making this up go look up in the quran so fear allah subhanahu wa taala fear the anger of allah subhanahu wa taala straighten your affairs before you and i meet allah and remember there is no guarantee for anybody there is no guarantee for one extra breath from what i am taking now so let us make sure that our affairs are settled before this evening before the sun sets today ensure that your affairs are settled call your relatives or whoever is in your control <coughs> whose rights you are supposed to give call them and give them now before you meet allah subhanahu wa taala or fear the day when you will meet allah choice is yours wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa alihi wa sahbihi ajmain bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahim